Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 234-234. Today is Thursday, May 18th, 2023. Very exciting show. Um, I love this topic. We're going to be talking about how to partner with the prophetic word, um, and especially for those of you who are newer here, or, um, I, you know, I've been talking to some people. It's been amazing, you guys. Like, I, I get to talk to a lot of different types of people, and there are people who are in the uh, Catholic Church, and God got a hold of them, and now they're like, it all said they were having these wild encounters with the Lord, um, uh, just growing, and um, so it's really cool. But I think this is a really important topic of, of you know, we, we hear a lot of prophetic words, especially being part of the Elijah list. Uh, we, you know, we, we bring on lots of different types of prophetic voices. Uh, what do you do when you get a prophetic, you hear a prophetic word? Um, and so we're going to be talking all about that. Um, also, if you guys are listening on Spotify, make sure to follow the Elijah list podcast on Spotify. That'll really help us out. And then wherever you guys are listening to this, uh, whatever app you're using, to listen to this in podcast form, make sure to give us an honest review as well. That'll really help us out. Also, I'm going to play a quick WellSpot video, and then we're going to jump right in because this topic is fabulous. So here we go. Amazing. Look at all those locations. And that's because of you guys' donations. We're able to expand not just to Uganda, but beyond. And that list is going to continue to grow and again, that is because of your guys' generosity. So ElijahFire.com slash donate is how you donate. And we take a portion of every single donation and we funnel it into that work right there that you just saw in that video. So amazing. I just, I love seeing that. I want to see that list just grow and grow and grow. There's so many people that need fresh, clean water. Something we take for granted, honestly, here. You turn on a tap, you don't have to worry about waterborne illness uh, and, and something that uh, everybody deserves to have that that uh that luxury so um god bless you guys all right uh my guest today he's an apostle he's a teacher he's also the founder of freedom for the nations let's give it up for my guest today demonte edmund demonte hello hey jeff good to be with you yeah fire audience yeah yeah it's been it's been a hot minute what have you been up to you're always i see you on uh See you on Instagram. You're always going places. What have you been yeah. up to? So we've been, God's really picked up with traveling and opening up cities. Wow. Uh, we just did our Perusia encounter for Houston. That was very dynamic. A lot of miracles, a lot of souls that came mm-hmm. to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, as well, working on a movie project. That what? Man. Yeah, TV series. TV series. Sorry. Come on um, now. That's a whole supernatural story in itself. Somehow I became the executive, one of the executive producers. Um, so that's exciting. Yeah. And then as well, working on a few projects that's major with a few uh, nations. And so we're Come excited on. about what God is doing in this season. Yeah. And keeping the soccer ball, playing with the Barbie dolls and doing Legos. Yeah. <laughs> that too, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, well, I can't wait to hear more about that in the uh, months to come. That's very yeah. exciting, man. Big, shiny, uh, shiny title, like executive producer. That's fancy. I thought you were going to say big, shiny head. No, that would have been I wouldn't <laughs> dare. I wouldn't dare. 
We've known each other long enough. We have. I could probably get away with it. Yeah, you can get away with it. I could probably get away with it. Yes, but I'm excited about today's topic. Yeah. Okay, so obviously I kind of touched on it a little bit, but what are we talking about today? And then just jump right in. We're talking about partnering with your prophetic word or a prophetic word. And uh, I I was asking the Lord what topic to discuss. That really hit my heart because... Mm -hmm. Many of us in the prophetic movement or out of the prophetic movement have received at least one prophetic word, or we have some knowledge or experience with the prophetic. But one of the frustrations that I encounter when I talk to a lot of people is that they're getting these words, they've compiled these words, but they don't know, they don't know what to do with them. And more importantly, they have not come to pass yet. And so it's not that they're false prophetic words. Sometimes we need revelation and understanding on how to partner with what God has spoken, with what God has said, and what he's revealed to bring it into manifestation. I think this is a huge topic. Yeah. So when you when I saw that's what you wanted to talk about, I was like, this is great. So um, take it away, man. Take it okay, away. Okay, so firstly, at a foundational level, there are, I categorize prophetic words into two mass groupings. Okay. The first is the corporate word. The second is the personal prophecy. So there's corporate prophecies, there's personal prophecies. Let me use a church service as an example. So in a church service, somebody stands up and say, thus saith the Lord, I'm going to move in this church. I'm going to release the fresh winds and I'm going to remove the rubber rousers and I'm going to bring the increase. That is a corporate word. It's not for an individual. It's not for one family, one person one street, one household. It is a word for that church. It's a word for a corporate body of believers. A corporate word as well can be for a nation, a family, an institution. You know, companies, organizations, institutions have gotten prophetic words. Nations get prophetic words. We see that all throughout the Bible. And sometimes the the prophetic word when it's corporate, it is for everyone, but not 100% everyone. I'll go into that a little bit later. Okay. Meaning, meaning if, you, if it's a word for a country, let me use in the Bible. Let's say there, Jeremiah gives this word about judgment coming on the nation of Israel and that they shouldn't flee from Babylon. They shouldn't go to Egypt. And if they do go to Egypt, it's going to bring judgment and everybody's going to go into captivity. But we know that there are some people that fled from that. So... It's a it's a inclusive word, but there are sometimes specific people based on their own obedience, their own relationship with the Lord, that that corporate word may not apply to as much, but it applies in a generality to that corporate body. Hmm. Okay, so then there's the personal prophetic word, which is more like a rifle. So the corporate word is like a shotgun. A shotgun with a 12 gauge buck with a sawed off shotgun, you shoot it, those little pellets, buck shoot out everywhere. Widespread. Yeah. Personal prophecy is more like a rifle. You right there with the yellow shirt and the, the pink hair, and the person's like, who, me? There's nobody else with a yellow shirt and pink hair but you. This works for you. <laughs> for that individual. Yeah. It's for that couple. It's for that individual. And it is directly uh, from the Lord about whatever is going on in that person's life or will go on or that is the mind of Christ for them. So we have to understand that there's corporate words and then there's personal words. 
as an individual, we have more, I don't want to use the control, word control, we have more influence on partnering with personal prophetic words to bring them to pass. The corporate words, we can contribute to them coming to pass, but often because there's so many moving pieces and variables, it takes a group of people to contribute and to sow into that word coming to pass. Yeah. But we all have to do our part in, in helping it come to pass. And I have a great example from last night about that. Okay. Um, so that's the that's the thing. You have to figure out the prophetic word that you're dealing with, if it's corporate or personal first. Question. Do yes. people act like corporate words are personal words for them? Have you seen that? I've seen it several times, especially when it's something about wealth. Okay. <laughs> marriage. Because yeah. I've, 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 I've given the words and I've had friends. So I'll give you an example. My friend in South Africa, he gave a word to his church. The Lord says that he's going to release an anointing for double. And many of you, as a sign of this, you will birth twins because he had a lot of young couples. Now, somebody that's single, not married, I don't know if they should claim that word for themselves in that season. <laughs> I mean, you could go out and make something happen, but I don't think that would be God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what happened was this: as he's prophesying, he stops and he looks up, and because he tells me this, the Lord speaks to him and said, "You too." He said, "Me too. I'm going to have twins." So he's thinking it's spiritual. Maybe he's going to plant two more churches, mm -hmm. two twin babies. Little, yes. Little. Several people in his church had twins, and he had twins, but it wasn't for everyone. I mean, you had to you had to qualify for that prophetic word, meaning you needed to be a couple that was in the church and legally married. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are certain uh, criteria that need to be met in order for certain words to be fulfilled. So yes, if you're single and it's like next month, twins, you're like, amen, I've always wanted kids. You know, it's like, well, a couple other things need to happen first. Yes, and then as well, I've seen words, especially about wealth or about uh, ministry acceleration, the Lord's releasing, you know, I, I, I do this sometimes, you know, I'll pray over leaders and ministers come to the altar. The Lord's are releasing increase, fresh anointing, fresh activation of gifts and the power of God just hits people. They just go out. Some people don't get touched, but some of those people, they're not even praying. They're not really seeking the Lord. They're being lazy. They're laying on the couch, flipping the TV remote 12 hours a day, haven't talked to the Lord in six weeks. That word is true in a corporate sense, but at an individual sense, they have not done the preparatory work uh -huh. for that word to apply to them. So gotcha. corporate words are not blanket words. Yeah. They're corporate, but they're not blanket. It's like in a corporation, a bonus comes down from the top to the bottom, but it's for the people that qualify for that bonus. Some people don't get the bonus, don't get the raise because they haven't done the work. Yeah. So it's not a blank. It's not a blanket word. It's a corporate word. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, where did, well, I think I'll, I think I'll, I'll let you keep going and I'll revisit it. I'm going to make a note because I feel like it'll fit better later. So, okay. So there's personal words, there's corporate words. And I think most of us, and I want to say this for those that are prophetic people, prophets, that's on the giving end more than the receiving end. Some prophets are super personal prophetic prophets. Okay. You sit with them, they can tell you 
your mother's name, the street address, what's happening yep. in your life. Mm -hmm. But if you ask them about, hey, what's happening at this church, what's happening in my family, what's happening in the community, what's happening in the nation, they don't have anything. <laughs> Some prophets are corporate prophets. They're less engaged in giving pers personal prophetic words. They can do it. They do do it. But that's not really their, their main thrust in Metron. Mm -hmm. Like when I think of a Dutch Sheets or I think of, you know, some of those prophetic people that they're, they're more praying about the nation or nations and they're giving more corporate words for the body of Christ, corporate yeah. words for the nation. And so one of the not challenges, but one of the lessons for all prophetic people to learn is what is your Metron of influence prophetically and how has God gifted you? Because what can happen, the personal prophetic, the person that's more gifted pers with personal prophetic, the, the rifle, they can look at the person giving words for nations and say, well, I don't do that. I'm missing something. No, that's where God has you. Or the person that's giving words for nations and cities and governments, they can look at the individual that's telling your name and address and feel like, well, I'm not gifted like that. Maybe I'm off. No, it's just how God has gifted you in your assignment. And you have to be very comfortable in your assignment and know your assignment. And as well, for me, I've seen seasons shift. I've seen it where I was doing a ton of personal prophetic ministry. I've seen it where the personal prophetic ministry got super duper accurate, you know, very, very detailed. Mm -hmm. Then I've seen it shift and I'm giving these very specific words for nations. Like Interesting. Down to dollar amounts. Wow. I gave a word one time about the exact dollar amount that it would take to fix this warship in the UK. It was like a destroyer that they had, that they were going to have to scrap their electrical systems, the mechanical systems. It was going to cost them like 1.2 billion. It was, a very, I mean, very, but then year and a half go by, that anointing's not there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just, I would just be in the house and, and I run to the laptop. My wife said, well, she already know. And I said, Lord, telling me this, telling me that I'm typing so fast because it's coming so fast and so clear. Mm -hmm. Year and a half is not happening like that. Interesting. <laughs> I'm still getting words, but it's not that dimension. So it shifts in and out based on your assignment, your season, and what God is trying to do in your life. That's well. And it, do you feel like some people? I mean, and maybe you even struggled with this too. Like, of being like, am I? Do, maybe if you lack maturity in knowing how that operates or how God is functioning with you. You could look at it and be like, I did something wrong or, or, you know, maybe you're, you're so used to one specific way of doing things that you try to, the temptation can maybe go to get into the flesh and try and conjure something up. And then you end up delivering like a word out of your soul versus because you're like, I used to operate in this. I need, I, I need to try. And I, I, I would imagine that that can be a temptation when something like that would happen. Yes. It's a temptation. Yeah. And sometimes you don't even know that. You're moving in that direction until you're in the middle of it. Because mm. I went to type up, you know, I was getting a little something out of prayer one time for some nations. I went to type it up. And in the middle of it, I said, there's no anointing on this. I'm not going to put it out. I'm not going to publish it. it. Just I'm going to step away. If the Lord brings it back to me and gives more clarity, I'll, I'll speak on it. Um, but yes. And then another time, more than once, I was in the service, church service. Mm -hmm. And I can see exactly where I was at. After I finished preaching, teaching. I stepped out to prophesy, do deliverance, do all of that stuff. And I felt like a wall. I felt like a ceiling. I felt like the word of knowledge to give the prophecy, like I could do it.
but it literally felt like I was hitting a, a an invisible ceiling that I could press through with my own effort. Interesting. And I cut it off and I said, I'm going to pray for the church and I'm done. And the leaders asked me, who are my friends, who are my friends, what happened? Because, you know, they're like, you know, they see all these miracles being done, all these things internationally. Yeah, you're the guy. You're the, yeah, you're you're the, the guy. guy. Yeah. That was you're, the guy. Like, you're the guy. You came yeah. here and do this stuff. <laughs> and I said, hey, I, it just, I, I, I said, I literally felt like I would have went beyond the bounds of the Lord. If I, and I'm just, I'm just sharing it with more people, the Lord speaking to me as we're talking, th this person or that person needs to hear this, but I would have went beyond the confines of the Lord and been in my flesh. The gifts would have still worked, but there would have been no anointing. And it, I, I believe the Lord wanted them to focus on the word that was delivered versus trying to get indiv individual words. Mm. Um, another time I was at a conference in Virginia beach. I got up to use the restroom when I went in the bathroom. The Lord spoke to me. <laughs> well, I won't say exactly what the Lord said. The Lord has a sense <laughs> of humor. But he said to me, you give words to the three people I'll show you, and then you sit down. He said, in the, I'll tell you in private what he said. You're going to laugh. Yeah, but okay. he said, then you okay. sit down. I got in the conference. I gave words to three people, and I sat down. The host of the conference kept calling me up to try to pray for this person, minister to them, prophesy. And I kept waving them off. And finally, I said, the Lord told me to get words to three people and sit down. I had to do it in front of everybody because he was trying to force me beyond what the Lord has spoken to me. And so we have to realize the gifts and callings come without repentance, but they are God's gifts. When we pass away, when mm -hmm. we die, the gifts are not going to be with us. Right. But we will be judged for how we stewarded the gifts. Yeah. And so we have to always submit them. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Yeah. We have to submit them always to the Lord and his leading. Hmm. Well, and there's a lot of reasons why, you know, you could shift from, you know, maybe one time, say you went to a church uh, two years ago and you were like, bam, 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 bam. And you're firing off like crazy, right? You go back to that church two years later and all of a sudden something like that happens, like you were describing, you give words to three people and then you sit down. And there's a lot of different things that could be reasons as to why, right? So what I'm just thinking, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, but what I'm just thinking off the top of my head is it could be an issue with people in the congregation. Maybe they didn't steward the words that you, that you, that the Lord had you released last time. So God's like, no, we're not moving on until they get with the program with what else I said, or it could be that you shifted into a new season. I mean, maybe it could be a, a pride thing in, in someone's own heart. You know, maybe they thought of them, started thinking of themselves too loftily. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of different reasons, right? It's a ton of them. So yeah. first, the first thing that I always look at is if I'm in the same place with the Lord that I was two years ago, because mm. the preparation of the ministry gift itself makes a difference. If I'm praying, reading, doing the stuff in my private time, that's going to affect my public ministry. Mm -hmm. So. If I know that I've been a little lackadaisical and sluggish, <laughs> it could be me or the yeah. minister or whoever. Yeah. More often, it is God has a different assignment, a different agenda, because two years have passed and he's trying to convey something different to them. Yeah. And then as well, the Lord never will allow people to put them in a box. Because people do that, especially with prophetic gifts. Well, this person came last time, they lined everybody up, gave them a word. I know they're going to do, do it this time. And the Lord tells the prophet, just teach.
Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. And sometimes when people are looking for something too much, Mm. they begin to look to the man, the minister, and not to God. And God says, so I'm going to do this a different way. I'm not going to let this person prophesy to anyone but two people. But tomorrow, when you're going to your job and you, you, you go to get some coffee before work, Somebody's going to come in and prophesy to you the answer. So your dependency is towards God and not towards man. Gotcha. Um, now, the other part of that is this as well. I started out as a prophet, moving in the prophetic um, or pathetic, starting out. And <laughs> I would do the machine gun. I'm, go- I'm coming to a church. It's, it's machine gun prophecy happening. Mm-hmm. 30, 40, 50 people. I, I'm, I get hit them quick. As he moved me more apostolically, the prophetic became a little bit more strategic. 90% of the time, I'm not going to do the machine gun. I'm not going to line everybody up. That's not where he has me at. That's not how he has me to flow. I can do it by grace and anointing and gifting, but that's not how he, he shifted me to where it's more strategic now. And it really started at a service. I remember the service. Every person I called out, no matter where they sat at, were either in leadership or the pastor's family. Oh, and they wow. were all spread out. And the Lord said, that's how you're going to move more now. It's going to be more strategic because I'm allowing you to raise up other prophetic people. They can do more of the individual prophecy when they come with you. Let them do some of the prophecy and you deal with the strategy and leadership and equipping. So your your season can shift as well as that ministry season shift, which can dictate the flow of the anointing and gifting. And do you feel like some of that also has to do with maturity on your part? Like, cause I think of like a young, you know, I'm a big like samurai movie movie fan. And so you got like the, the young over eager man who's skilled, but he's exerting a lot of energy when he fights. And then you have the master and he's like one fell swoop. He knows exactly <laughs> where to hit. So to me, it looked, I mean, maybe it's, it's that as well, where as you mature in this gifting, and as you grow, and, and this can be said not just about the prophetic, but in anything where you become a lot more calculated on maybe your word choiceage and, and yeah, and how God is, is using you as an instrument. So, Absolutely. I agree yeah. with that. And uh, those samurai movies, I think about, I don't know if you've seen Lupin Wolf, Wolf Lupin uh-uh. Wolf, Shogun's uh-huh. Assassin. No, I haven't seen it. I got to write it down. Well, he goes on the run with his baby son. Uh, I haven't seen it. Okay, so from that principle, this gentleman, he's on the run with his baby son from the Shogun. So while he's fighting, during the first part of it, he has the baby attached to his body <laughs> in a sling thingy or in his arm. Like so a he baby cannot Bjorn. afford to exert too much effort, uh-huh. to be too wild, to be too... He has to be very efficient. And as you grow in influence, God gives you more responsibility Mm. and your words carry more weight. It's like that baby that you're carrying. Yeah. So now where you swing your sword has to be more accurate and precise. Yeah. Or you're going to do more damage and cause more issues. Mm. That's good. Great analogy. You brought it up. I just. Yeah. There we go. We were on that. Yeah. We were on it. Yeah. Yes, so obviously yes. there are also conditions. I see a note in here about conditions for prophetic words as well. So let's talk about that. So 
a lot of times people have gotten prophetic words and they come back and say, well, it didn't come to pass. I don't know if the prophet was accurate. I had a dollar every single time I heard that one. Yeah. I don't know if that person was, you know, they told me that before. And, and then mm -hmm. I asked them, well, what was the word? Well, the word was, I was going to get my master's degree in divinity. And then I asked them, well, did you enroll in divinity school? Did you apply for schools? Did you look for schools? You can't get your master's degree in divinity or theology unless you actually went to school. God is not going to pick you up, place you in the enrollment office, sign out the forms. <laughs> <laughs> so th that may be a little bit one that's a little too obvious, but yeah, there are a lot of prophetic thing. words that there is a condition to them. And the book of Ezekiel is a wonderful scripture where the Lord says, and I'm just paraphrasing, I'm going to take the children of Israel. I'm going to restore their houses, restore their lands. I'm going to increase them. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to plant vineyards for them. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then he says this, and I will be inquired of them to do this. Mm. He already had a plan on what he wanted to do, but the condition was they had to seek him for it. They had to ask him for it. He says, I will allow them to inquire of me to do this for them. He already had it set up to do. They had to meet their condition of the prophecy was to ask him. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Mm -hmm. So that was a prophetic promise to them, but they had to do their part because God wanted them to know the condition was this, the purpose of the condition. God wanted them to know that the blessings came from him mm -hmm. because if it just happened, they could think it's their wisdom, their strength, their good looks, their happenstance. But because you asked God specifically for that red sports bike, Kawasaki, and he gave you a red Kawasaki with less than 300 miles, you know that it was the Lord Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, that responded to your prayer. Mm -hmm. Because if it just happened out of the desires of your heart, Sometimes we tend to think it was happenstance or coincidence. Yeah. Now, that was a corporate word. Many, many, many personal prophetic words. We have to, the conditional part of it is often directly stated or has to be indirectly discerned. Okay. When it's directly stated, for instance, I've given people words about moving, relocating. They have to do their part in that. If God doesn't say where to relocate to, you don't know the timing, you don't know the place, you don't know where you're going to work. You have to get up and ask the Lord, Lord, I got a word about relocating. Where to? When? How? Don't just leave it on the Lord <laughs> to pack your bags and relocate you. Mm. Some other prophetic words, and I, I'm trying to think of some great examples. Um, oh, 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 oh. My wife had an angel visit her in the night. Okay. We had finished a fast, a short fast. And I was so happy it was over. I wanted some good food. Yeah. <laughs> I like to eat. Yeah. Some people are fasters. I'm eater. I'm a fast eater. Mm. <laughs> I do yeah. fast. I'm a fast Come eater. Come on. Food is one of my love languages, man. There we go. Yeah, yeah. So we have finished this consecration this fast. Two days after we finished, or a day and a half after we finished, my wife 
has this encounter in the night, night vision or whatever. And the angel begins to talk to her and says, pretty much like you got, didn't command us. Pretty much like it would be, almost like it would be a really good idea if you were to start a fast. <laughs> and we just ended one. Oh, no. And, <laughs> and the, num the, the, the numerology of the date that the angel appeared and the date that we had this big program going on and, and some other things, we knew how long the fast was supposed to be. It was an invitation from the Lord. It was a conditional. Now, it wasn't a prophecy, but it was a prophetic instruction. But it was an invitation from the Lord to partner with the prophetic moment of that angelic vegetation. We could have said no, it would not have been sin. It would not have been disobedience because it was not a command. But we would have missed out on the divine potential of that prophetic instruction. Yeah. And it would have been six, seven months or a year later, we would have been saying, Lord, these prophetic words that you spoke two, three months ago, why they're still lingering? Why hasn't this happened? But this stuff began to happen when we accepted that invitation and partnered with the prophetic invitation and instruction that came from the angel of the Lord. So it almost it, like expedited oh, those, it, those things. Yeah, it, it, it took us over into another dimension, literally. Wow. And I'm not saying that lightly. It literally did. Man. Um, I mean, we put in a lot of work with that. It wasn't like we just fasted and was casual about it. We really put in work and our people put in work. But we saw tangible fruit that we could have a line of demarcation to say wow. that that instruction released the divine potentials of heaven for that season. Man. So yeah. it was it was conditional on our part to say yes or to say no, because what happens, sometimes when you linger, the word will still come to pass, but you may miss your window. You know, Jesus says, I lament, I weep because you've missed your time of visitation to Jerusalem. So there are times and seasons of visitation. Can you imagine? Now, this will be really good. This will be really good. Acts chapter two, you happen to live next door to the house that had the upper room. Mm -hmm. The apostles, the disciples come out, they're speaking in tongues, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 people get saved. You hear about the tongues of fire. You hear about all this stuff taking place. You get saved, you get baptized, you get filled with the Holy Ghost. You're serving the Lord. You're like, wow, man, you know, in my family, it's been spoken that the Messiah will come and we would partner with the Messiah and what he's doing in the earth. And I'm walking in that promise. But then you found out that you had attended a meeting before that Jesus did and you didn't receive his ministry. And he had handpicked you to be one of his 12 apostles or disciples of 70. And you could have walked with him for three and a half years on the earth personally. So the promise came to pass, but you missed the fullness of it. Yeah. So uh, many of us have been in the place or in the place where God will bring the prophetic promise to pass, but there's times of vision, take that times of visitation and times of access and windows that if we find out what the conditions are to qualify for that prophecy come to pass, it will expedite it. It's almost like uh, I actually just got another uh, visual of like a surfer sitting there waiting for a, uh waiting for a good wave. And there's one that he's like, Oh, this is the one. And he chickens out for a second or he hesitates for a second. And then that, that amazing wave. And every, there are other guys that rode the wave and they're like, bro, that wave was epic. And then you ride another wave, 
but there's it's nowhere near the size of that one that was the only one you saw that day that was just like perfect and you didn't yes. take the opportunity so it's kind of like that have you heard people say this and some people that have been married have said this that was the one that got away the woman or the mm -hmm. man that got away because they were too immature too emotional too undiscerning that the person that was sent from god or that was perfect for them they they missed that window mm -hmm. they said that's the one that got away mm -hmm. and so there are conditions at times to prophetic. Now, some prophetic words are sovereign. Okay. I want to use that word because we're yeah. talking especially prof personal prophetic words, even. So let me use one at a national level, a corporate prophetic word that's sovereign. The destiny of Israel. That God's going to come back, make his seat on the mount, and he's going to rule from there. I don't care what anyone does. That's <laughs> not going to change. Right. He might move it two or three years or 10 years on the timeline, but I think he probably won't. I think it's his timeline, but it's not. That is a definite. When it says that this is going to happen to Egypt or this is going to happen to, I'm going to put hooks and God and make God's mark, mark, mouth and bring them back and judgment's going to come on. You cannot, it's, it's a sovereign mm -hmm. prophetic word. It will happen. Some prophetic words when they're given for individuals are sovereign. Okay. I'm going to use some mighty well-known generals of the faith. When they were kids, they went to a tent meeting. And somebody told them, young man, you're not an old revivalist. Dude. Mm -hmm. You better be a preacher one day and nothing you can do about it, says the Lord. <laughs> and that person runs. They, you know, they go out and open up a boot, a, 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 a shot house, bootlegger house. They do everything they, they work in a carnival sir they do everything to run from god end up being the most powerful preacher most so a preacher because the lord determined in heaven this one is is done your mother's pray your grandmother's pray somebody's pray it, it just is what it is it's a sovereign word um i think more often than not that more personal prophetic words are more conditional mm. um especially if you get into disobedience and sin, oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> it not only delays the prophetic words; it may short circuit them. <laughs> yeah, that that that's what I think. So yeah, there are conditions, and we have to ask the Lord, what is the condition for this word coming to pass? Well, and I heard um, a great definition. I've used it on this show a couple of times, but prophetic words, especially like the ones you're talking about are not inevitabilities they're invitations so I yeah. mean, that would be maybe a good way of looking at that too because you know i could say demonte god desires to use you in xyz and you could go no no or you could you could actually engage your faith in it so that's like the other element as well that we can talk about uh and go okay god what's my next step I'm, I'm, I'm putting my faith in this. I believe that this is from you. I'm going to step out in faith. What do I need to do next? So, but that, see, that's you answering the invitation that God gave to you saying, I desire to do X, Y, Z with you. And you go, yes, Lord, let's go. You know, that's it. That's it. Right now we're so out there. If the Lord says we're going to do a meeting on the moon, I'm believing God to do a meeting on the moon. I don't know how we're going to get there, how we're going to pay for it. That's but not it's happening. Thing. Yeah. But I'm putting the meeting on the moon somewhere in the schedule of the prayer, the prayer uh, 
rotation of something. <laughs> and when you said that, a great story from the Bible came to mind. Okay. There was a famine. There was a dearth. There was a, a, a recession. Um, they didn't have cryptocurrency or anything at the time. They just had agriculture and mm -hmm. livestock. And it was in the land of Samaria. It was so bad that people were trying to eat their kids, eat their neighbor. I mean, that's a real famine. Yeah, man. Elisha, the prophet, came and prophesied. This time tomorrow, a shekel of wheat will be sold for this and the, uh, some barley will be sold for this. Basically, he was saying prices will be restored to normal. People were eating dung of birds and stuff like that, I believe. It was something like they were eating all types of weird yeah, stuff. Super gnarly. Yeah. And so one gentleman that I believe was the assistant or advisor to the king of Samaria at the time said, if God could make windows in heaven, I, I, I still don't believe this. I, it's not going to happen. He said, okay, you will see it happen, but you, you won't live to enjoy it because you're going to be killed tomorrow. And <laughs> yeah. for, for, for running your mouth in a way. And I think part of the issue was this. He was in a seat of authority. If he was a regular person, the judgment maybe wasn't as rough, but he represented government and the government of heaven is issuing a decree and you're issuing a decree that's counterproductive to it that could steal the people's faith. Yep. God's going to show you what government reigns. So that yeah. man, the next day, when people stormed the gates because there were resources and food and supplies, he was killed. But he could have been blessed just like the rest of the people. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> we saw that with Zechariah in, uh, in Luke when, uh, when Gabriel comes to him and is like, John the Baptist will do this and this and this. And he's like, how is that possible? You know, and, and then he's like, all right. He's like, he, my wife is old basically. And he's like, all right, well, it's going to happen, but you're, you won't be able to talk for nine months. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and a, a lot of that was, he was in a position of authority. Yes. You know? Yeah. So that's really interesting. And he yeah. wasn't a baby Christian. Right. Or a baby, a baby, right. uh, uh, yeah, what priest? He was yeah. a priest. He wasn't a baby priest. Right. Um, now that story is one of my favorite because when you think about it, think about Gabriel. He's one of the top ranking angels. He's the messenger. Yeah. The top messenger you're going to get other than Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And he's like, How is it going? To, I'm the angel standing in front of you. That's Gabriel. And you're asking me, this, this is a sign to you that it's going to happen. I'm standing in front of you and I'm an angel. Like, yeah. <laughs> and what I can see if he said that to a prophet. Yeah. But he asked the angel how it's going to happen. And oh, they don't have any, they don't have any, for my dealings and my understanding, they don't have any understanding on why we don't believe God. They don't yeah. speak abstract, they speak very definitive, very direct, matter of fact. So he probably was like, this guy is a little off. You know what? Just yeah. be quiet for nine months. He just like, I'm just gonna silence you for nine months. You're talking yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, but there is a faith element. Yeah. And we see it with Abraham, because he was old and strict. They say he was stricken in years. It's one thing to be old to be stricken in years. I don't even know how old that is. That's old, old, stricken mm -hmm. in years. It's almost like it's an illness to be that old. The Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So everything that we're doing should bring some pleasure back to God. 
So when God speaks a thing, it brings pleasure to him for us to partner with it to see it to come to pass. But for it to bring present pleasure to him, it has to have some faith element. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. Because God could just do it himself, but it wouldn't take any faith from anyone. You know what? Faith to me is like the Lord's favorite drink. The faith comes from us, from our actions, from our behavior, from our words. It's like the Lord just like, whoa, that faith just hit. Whoa, that's yeah. <laughs> like, it says that Abraham's faith was counted to him for righteousness. Mm -hmm. He may have made some mistakes here, talked smart to his wife here or there, or, or, or you know, maybe he mm -hmm. smacked the servant once and he felt bad about it. But it said that his faith was so strong, it was counted to him for righteousness. Mm. So the Lord is faithful, but the Lord wants us to demonstrate our faith. Yeah. Because it really shows that we trust him. Yeah. And so when there's a prophetic word, there is always a faith response on our part Come on. to bring that word to pass. I'll give you an example. Yeah. I, I have several, I think I showed you guys before, but I have several, oh, I got a few right here. What is it? What is it? Prophetic words. Yes. Yes. So this is the first. I mean, this is really going back. This is like oh, this is like old oh, old. Oh, this is like 2005, six. Then this one goes into it's dated 2009 to Man. 2013. That's amazing. Then this is all words for you that I want to mail to you. I'm just joking. Woo! But yeah. this, is, this is another. This is another years. 2009 to 12. So I was reading through one of my books several years ago, and I read this word that I was going to just bump into Pat Robinson, and it was just going to be a supernatural encounter. I was just going to run into him somewhere, some way, way and prophesy to him. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, this word is four years old. It has not happened yet. I said, why you even give this word if it wasn't going to happen? And I said, Father, right now in Jesus' name, I decree that this word is going to happen, and I call it to come to pass. Okay. I just went on praying about whatever I was praying about, mm -hmm. other stuff. The next day, I'm praying. The Lord stops me in prayer and says, get dressed. Go be at this certain place. And I'm like, okay, Lord, for what? I get dressed. I'm walking around this hotel, and I'm looking at people all crazy. Because I'm thinking he wants me to prophesy to somebody. I don't know. But as I look at people, I don't get anything. And I'm like, they're looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm looking at them like they're crazy. And I'm like, I need to get out of this place because I don't want them to think some weirdos walking around the lobby. I said, mm -hmm. maybe I miss God. Maybe I didn't hear from God because nothing's, I don't feel the anointing. I don't feel the unction. Mm -hmm. When I go to walk out the door, somebody runs dabbing to me. Boom. And like, you know, when you run into somebody that close, you can't see what it is. Uh -huh. And I backed up. The Lord said, prophesy to him. And I said, so I went to look to see who to prophesy to. It was Dr. Pat Robinson. Come on. That prophetic word that didn't come to pass in four years, in less than 13, 14 hours, when I released my faith for that word, it happened. Wow. Wow. Yes. And I ended up prophesying to him right there. He had a security, security person and all that. So... Man, that is just like a swell of faith, even within me, man. Like some words that I've received. Yes, yes. So, that, yeah, that's, whew, man. And I think about Jeremiah. 
Jeremiah began to seek the Lord because he said it was made known to him. No, not Jeremiah, the prophet Daniel. My apologies for all you scholars and theologians. <laughs> prophet Daniel. He said it was made known to him through the prophecies and writings of Jeremiah that at the end of 70 years, the captivity of the, of the children of Israel and Babylon should come to an end. So I believe it was the 69th year. And he said, hold on. It doesn't look like the captivity is going to turn. Nothing's changing in the natural. But let me put my faith on this word. Let me partner my faith and begin to pray and seek heaven about the 70th year that's been prophesied. And you know what? It happened. Hmm. And I believe he had an angelic encounter at that time as well. But it took place. It happened. Uh, but that prophecy had divine potential, but faith had to activate it. Man. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. Yes. What's on your heart? Oh, no, I'm just <laughs> I, like, I'm like thinking about a bunch of stuff right now. Uh, I'm just like fired up. This is really, I think this is, you know, I always kind of, kind of have like a, like, say like faith is the currency of heaven you know like it like that's the activator because like okay let's just let's give a, a scenario that's bring all the all that you talked about let's bring it into a more focused scenario say someone comes out and they they release a word and someone even let's say the person listening to the the word being given has a really hard time with prophecy because in their mind they're like nothing ever happens prophecy doesn't happen so the appropriate response, say it's a corporate word, right? Um, say it's something involving uh, the nation of America or Israel or, or something like that. What then is the appropriate response to that word? Okay. So there are a few elements to that. I'm going to give an example because I had this conversation today. A certain well-known prophet came to our city. He gave very definitive prophetic words for Atlanta, my wife and I got in the car and we said to one another, we believe everything he said. Our concern is what will the people do with it? Would they just think, oh, that was a nice prophetic meeting. Mm -hmm. Someone called me that's one of the major prophets here and said the same exact thing. Like, wow, my concern is what are the people going to do with it? Yeah. And I was a little saddened because I, I so there's a few things. One. You have to release your faith, but one, you have to believe in the word. That's the start. If you don't believe in it, yeah. <laughs> that just that just stops the process mm -hmm. in many ways. Um, for corporate words like that. Two, you have to release your faith. Three, you have to ask God, what is my part that I play in this word coming to pass? What because Daniel had to play a part, even though Jeremiah had written. He could have just read the prophecy. Oh, that's a nice prophecy. Wonderful. <laughs> no, he began to do what 1 Timothy 1 and 18 said. He, Apostle Paul told Timothy, according to the prophecies that have went forth about you, mm -hmm. wage a good warfare. Yep, 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 yep. War over those words. He began to war over the words, pray over the words, decree them, declare them, speak them into the atmosphere. Buying loose war over the words that they would come into the earthly realm out of the spiritual. And then at some point, you know, it said, you know what I like what the angel said to uh, Gabriel said to uh, Daniel from the moment that you prayed, 
I was sent. But at one place, yep. he says this, I've come to give you skill and revelation understanding. There is some point where the Lord will give you wisdom and understanding on what you need to do to help to bring that word into reality. That's the part a lot of times that prophetic consumers miss. Hmm. Oh, this seven prophets gave this word for this city or this nation. Why is, we're just going to sit back and wait. No. If you get a word, um, just name a city in the U.S., just any city. Uh, let's go Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Okay. What made you say Houston? I, I don't know. I it just that it just popped in my head. Okay. So <laughs> no, I'm, la I'm I'm literally left because I was having a conversation about Houston earlier. No way. Okay, maybe I was just picking up. I was picking up. And and, <laughs> and so we were having a conversation about the prophetic words over Houston. And we've been doing stuff in Houston, and some other of our friends are doing stuff in Houston. And I gave a word four years ago about Houston that a lot of ministries will be relocated to Houston for what God wants to pour out there. So that is perfect. But when these words come forth, the people that are in Houston, do they say, oh, well, we've heard this before and we read this before and that's really nice. Or do you say, God, what is it? What is the wisdom of heaven? What can I do? What, how can I be a part of this? How can I contribute? Where do I align with, help to align with this word? And so too many times people that are the stakeholders and prophetic, corporate prophetic words don't take action. Okay, so by stakeholders, you mean the people that have, do you feel like, would those be the people that have the the most, like they're going to be some of the key players in whatever God's designed, designed well, to do? For Houston, the Houstonians are the main stakeholders. Okay. They live in Houston. It's their city. They're the ones that will benefit most from it. And they should be some of the first partakers of that. For if I gave a word for the, the Thorpe family, after I walk away and go home, if I said, I see your family, I see you having real estate properties and buying commercial property, and then you're going to take that money and investment. I gave you all this word about investments, wealth, and finances. You're the stakeholder of that word. You're the one that something's at stake for you. Mm -hmm. The family across the street is not their responsibility to pray for your word to come to pass yeah. and to be up at night seeking the Lord about it because they're not the stakeholders of it. Mm -hmm. And let the Lord wake them up as intercessors called by the Lord. Sure. But just like with the word with Daniel. The nation of Israel was the stakeholder of that word. It was about their them being liberated from captivity under Babylon. So somebody that was Jewish, Hebraic, needed to seek out the Lord. You're not going to wait for the Persians to do it. Right. You're not going to wait for the Edomites to do it because that word pertains to you. You're the stakeholder. So the stakeholder is the city, the person, the place, the institution, the family, the community, the church, the word pertains to. They have the utmost responsibility. And the primary responsibility to get with God to find out what they need to do to help bring the word into fruition. Mm. And a lot of times people just get these words and they feel like, well, that was prophesied three years ago. It didn't happen. Yes, because you didn't do anything with it. Mm. Okay, let's talk about that. Because what if, so this was the thing I wanted to talk about earlier and it fits perfectly here. So what, say it's a corporate word and you're like, yeah, and, and it a corporate word requires a corporate body especially if it's over a church uh to engage with the word right but say there's like one or like a group of people 
that are really just been like, yes, Lord, but it doesn't. And maybe they're the only people, but it doesn't come to pass or it's delayed. I think sometimes we can look at it. I've seen words get released. It doesn't happen. Um, but there were people that were actively engaged in praying, you know, uh, like, like, um, like you quoted in, in, uh, first Timothy, uh, it's first Timothy, right. Where he yeah. wage a good, so you can recall those words. So you can wage a good warfare. Um, but it doesn't come to pass. I've seen people go, Oh, it's because this, or they try and give explanations and sometimes maybe, maybe sometimes it is that you know, 5% of the corporate body actually was contending, but 95% was just being, you know, lazy. Yes. But it's not always that, but I, I, I just want to hear your thoughts on that whole idea. Okay. I have a few thoughts. So number one, okay. it could be that the word was a false word. I'm going to be honest. Okay. okay. I've been yeah. to churches and I've heard powerful prophetic words. And while they're prophesying, the Lord's telling me that's not from him. I was at a church. Oh man, that's awkward. I'm 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 just being yeah. you know, no 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 I know but it, awkward <laughs> in your position hearing that and being like oh no I just sit there and smile on the second or third or whatever row I'm on I just I just yeah. smile and you know and I, I don't <laughs> I just smile <laughs> but they said by this time next year it's going to be this and that and, and this miracle is going to happen that miracle and I hear the Lord said that's not for me and really that person was into some secret sin and needed to repent the leadership um, another time. Several big prophets at the time came to this major mega church and they prophesied to the leader this next season, you'll see greater miracles, this neck and raise the dead, this and that. What I was hearing was there's going to be a passing of the baton. I didn't, I mean, I'm just a little guy. I'm not on the platform. Yeah. He died the next year. Whoa. So it didn't happen. I mean, it was, and it, they didn't say the ministry was going to do it. They said he was going to do it. I, I listened to it three times. So, um, it could be the worst, just not from the Lord. And people had false hope. Two, the leadership matters. I'll give you an example. I'm going to go back many years into the 50s, 40s. There was a church in McKinney, Texas. The pastor was from Richmond, Virginia. He was fasting 21 days for revival for the church. At the end of the fast, a young man named Paul came who you may have heard of, mm -hmm. came to him. He was only like 17 years old. He said, I was in my, I was praying, seeking the Lord. The Lord told me to come to your church. Never heard of your church, but you would be here. And that if you allow me to hold two weeks meeting, you'll have revival in this church. Well, he had been praying 21 days for revival. And this young man that didn't know he was praying 21 days for revival and the church was praying for revival showed up and said, if you let me hold meetings at your church, we will have revival. He said, young man, you know, I've never heard you preach, never seen you do ministry. Let me get back with you. He wanted to do it, the leader of the church. The board said, no, we can't take a risk. We don't know this young man. It's too risky. So about a month later, the pastor of the church said he began to read in the papers about this revival that broke out in Oklahoma right over the border. The revival is running now for about six or seven weeks. It was the same young man Paul came that had come to his church to offer revival. When he they said no, the board said no. God sent him to another church in Oklahoma with the same word. The invitation was there first in McKinney. There was one miracle where this young lady didn't have 
an arm or half or something, but the arm grew out halfway and then grew a little bit every few days. The governor of Texas came to the meeting to speak and people came from all over Texas, Oklahoma to this meeting, ran for six, seven, eight weeks, however long. And that really launched Paul Kane out as the terror of the tabernacles and the boy prophet. Mm -hmm. um, I talked to him about it years ago on the phone. And anyway, that church had a word about revival. Mm -hmm. God sent revival in the form of a person because mm -hmm. it comes to a person most often from God. God did his part. They didn't do their part. Hmm. Clearly. They, they, they did their part of praying, but they did not partner with the prophetic response. See, you can pray, but so when I, I was believing God for a wife when I was single, of course, you you know, I'm believing for a wife when I was single. Yeah. One day I'm at work years ago and I've been married now 14 years, been my wife 18 years. I don't want to mess those numbers up. But I was at work and MySpace was a thing back then. Somebody invited me to this Bible study. I said no. Somebody else invited me to the same Bible study. And I'm like, God, why do these people keep inviting me to this Bible study? I got a church. I got a church home. This, I don't want to go. The Lord said, go to the Bible study. I said, Lord, I'll go, but I don't want to go. <laughs> I went. Long story short, I ended up meeting my wife. He didn't say go to meet your wife, but him telling me to go was an invitation to 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 the prophetic fulfillment and to right. answer prayer. Yeah. So sometimes the answer to your prophetic is presented to you from God, packaged in a way that it takes spiritual eyes and faith and discernment to discern that this is the answer to your prophetic. Because right. it may not even relate to your prophetic word, but may totally be the answer. Well, and even in your situation, if he had said, go to this Bible study, you're going to meet your future wife, you'd be like, you know, like, no, <laughs> no problem, we're going. Yep, you know, it yep. doesn't take, I mean, that's easy faith, right? In yep. that moment, you know, but uh, it it actually took a measure of obedience from you that actually was costly because you didn't want to go. So, yes. yeah. Yes, yes. So we just so really I think that don't know. We really don't know. You know, unless God says, by the way, on your way, by the way, this is going to happen here, you know, but like that can happen. But most of the time we just don't know just what God has up his sleeve. And that's exciting. That makes it exciting. Yeah. Yes. So I think this happens more often than we know. People get a churches, get prophetic promises. They pray for it. And God sends them a response. He sends them an answer. It doesn't come packaged in the way that they think it's going to come and they dismiss it. And then they wonder why, when we prayed, we fasted, we saw the Lord, nothing happened. And they don't know that it happened with Azusa street, Houston. God told daddy Seymour revival was to be in Houston. He went to several churches. He went to several ministries. He reached out to people rejected. Some of it was due to racism at the time. Mm. Lord said, well, now go to Los Angeles. Went to Los Angeles. It hit there. But the initial prophetic invitation was to Houston. Interesting. It didn't partner with it. I didn't know that. That's wild. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's part of Houston's history. He was actually from there. Well, he lived there for a while. So can you imagine <laughs> that mm. this thing that 100, 200,000 people came to where you had a pillar 
a fire over a building and smoke and all these things happening and just like a biblical moment the invitation was you you mentioned houston so i mean we're talking about houston yeah but they had the invitation and god had the response and they Man. rejected it yeah so we have to be very cautious in what opportunities present itself that may be the answer to our prophetic maybe the connector to our prophetic fulfillment mm. and it often is disguised in a in a shape and like joseph being in the palace was disguised going through the jail yeah that was the he all this was, training he had in life the final training the ice on the cake was being in jail running the prison <laughs> that was the last training he needed to yeah. graduate to the doctoral degree level of management man yeah we just don't know we just don't know okay so uh demonte in closing i'll ask you uh, uh should we pursue prophetic words so i'm going to give what sounds like a conflicting answer but it's not going to be because i'm going to explain yes and no okay i'm going to start with the no if you have not sought the lord first if you have not opened up your word your scripture to learn about the kingdom of god the bible says seek first the kingdom things will be added to you seek let me let me go back the lord corrected me seek first the kingdom and his righteousness these things will be added to you so part of seeking the kingdom is also seeking to do things the right way mm. to think the right way to speak the right way to believe the right way to love the right way to treat people the right way you can't seek the kingdom and then be an unrighteousness <laughs> right you'll have all the principles but you'll be disconnected from the person so no for some god really wants to get in their face he wants to get their attention he wants some time with them they have not done that they try to make prophetic words like skipping the process of intimacy and relationship with god but those individuals you already know who you are because you feel convicted right now come on you know you haven't read the bible in 10 days you know that you haven't prayed in seven days you don't need a prophetic word you need to get with the prophet of prophets the lord jesus christ Go to the Father, spend some time with God. He will give you some of the insights and answers. Another reason that I'm going to say no for those individuals is this. There's been times where I could prophesy to a person the answer, the solution. But two things, the Lord stops me. Number one, because God is more about the, the lessons learned in the process of growth more than getting you to the, the, the end result sometimes prophesying to a person the answer the end result causes them to skip the process needed to be mature enough to walk it out let me go back to joseph mm -hmm. i can tell him that he's going to be in the palace but if he didn't learn the lessons of management people skills stewardship breaking up fights diffusing situations distributing the food resources in the prison he would not have been prepared and processed for the palace. Mm. So the processing was more important than the prophecy. The second reason I would tell some people no, that it, they shouldn't pursue a prophetic word is because if you're not in the word and not before God, even if you get the prophetic word, you're not going to have the faith and revelation to partner with that word to bring it to pass. 
That's why when you spend time with God and spend time in the word, it builds your heart up. So when a prophetic word comes that's beyond where you're at now, your faith attaches to it. The apostle Paul said, we preach the word for some it prospered and for others it didn't prosper them because it was not mixed in their heart with faith. So some words can be accurate, but can do more to frustrate you on why it's not coming to pass. And it's not that the word's not accurate, it's that your heart is not prepared and the faith's not there to partner with it. Mm. Then for some, I will say, yes, there are times, the Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. When you're making a major life decision, I don't want to say you should look for pursue prophecy, you should pursue wisdom. Mm. And wisdom may come in the form of prophecy. Um, if you put wisdom first, you will find that prophecies would just come as needed. But if you try to put prophecy first, those people that chase out the prophecies all the time often see instability and immaturity. You know, they, like they go to every prophetic conference, they're in every line, they're, they're like, like, I, like every, like I've seen that guy somewhere. You can go to yeah. another state and they're going to be in the prophetic line. Wow. Have you met those guys? I've uh, I've met a couple that I kind of get that impression off of, but I, you know, I haven't noticed. Too yeah. Much, yeah. And they're like, woo, I got that word. Woo. They're just like, it's not about the word coming to pass or bearing fruit. It's about woo, that moment of getting the word. Dopamine, so, the dopamine hit. The dopamine, yeah. Yeah. So for some, if you are seeking the Lord, if you're praying, there are points and times you should pursue a prophetic word from a credible source from a credible source, from a credible source. And, but don't make that your primary means of hearing from God. That's mm. when the trouble comes in. Yeah. That's that's my thoughts in two yeah, cents. I mean, that's a great, that's really, really great advice. And I think one of the things that I was instilled in, in me, even when I was in, in YWAM, because uh, we, one of the key principles is, is to know God and make him known. To, to to and so like first week you you really start diving into how to hear from God, and um and one of the things that we always instilled in the students is if you are in a point where you are feeling like God's distant, God God can't hear God, you know I don't know what I'm supposed to do. What was the last thing He told you to do? Especially if you have a lifestyle yes. of listening to the Lord, what was the last thing He told you to do? How are you doing with that? And sometimes. You're like, oh, well, I'm I'm being a faithful servant. Keep doing it. God will speak again. It's not like he's like, okay, now sweep this floor and then do that for the rest of your life. And I'm never going to talk to you again. Okay, bye. You know, like that's not that's not how God is. But there's obviously something that you need you're needing to learn through that. Something that God is Mister Miyagiing you with often. Ooh, I like yeah. it. He's missed. He will miss the Miyagi you several times. Oh, like all the time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> all the time. Demonte. All the time. Yeah. So, but you 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 learn to appreciate those Mister Miyagi seasons. Yeah, and not to have your feathers as ruffled. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. Great definitely. insight. Yeah. All right. So, um, I would love for you to pray for people, and then we're gonna close this thing out. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Father, we thank you, Lord, that for each and every person that is in the audience and that's placed on the earth, you have a prophetic promise, you have prophetic potential, and you have a harvest for their life. Yes. We pray, Lord, that you will connect them with the spirit of the living God in a new, active, and exciting way that they can hear your voice even more clearer and with more insight and more surety, God. We pray for those that have been lacking in their faith 
that you would remove doubt and unbelief and cause their faith to arise to a new level. And for some that's been frustrated with prophetic words, they have not manifested or come to pass. We pray right now in Jesus' mighty name that you would breathe the dust off of their prophetic pages mm -hmm. and let those words come back to their memory, yeah. come back to their mind. Because you said, Lord, the Holy Spirit will bring all things back to our memory, God. And as it comes back to their memory, let there be a new resurgence or surge of faith, hope, and love that you would surely bring those words to pass by your wisdom and by your guidance. In Jesus' name we pray. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 All right, Duante, how can people follow you in all that you're doing? They can follow me at the website that you have there, f4nations.com, Instagram at Demonte TV, Facebook at Demonte TV. And I'm excited if they follow, they can get the books on Amazon as well. Just type my name in that you see there. And we have some books there on Amazon as well. And we'd love for you to partner with that. Can I share about one event coming up? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. We have our Perusia encounter, the glory of God manifest. We have all types of miracles, healings, salvations. I mean, people have been to heaven. People have been to hell. When I said been to hell, I mean, they didn't go to hell. But God showed yeah. them hell so they can repent from wow. their sins and the self. Jesus. Wow. We, we just had a meeting where metal disappeared from body. I've seen that. That's cool. And all of these things. But it's in um, Virginia, July 21st and 22nd. Perusia VA eventbrite.com love for you to come and fellowship with us awesome yeah so there you go everybody if you want to get in on that that's how you do it um Demonte, this was really good like Thank you. so needed uh wasn't this good everybody show Demonte some love in the comments um uh thank you so much man this was great thank you as always thank you for having me yeah everybody that's our show tune in tomorrow which is friday We've got Rayma Trainer back. We're going to be talking about understanding covering and authority within the church structure. It's going to be very good, very important conversation. Uh, so tune in. That's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. God bless you guys, and we'll see you tomorrow. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.